If you're still in school this year, sorry, <laughs> but you got to start this week or some of you have already started. That's okay, though. School's fun. It, it really is. And I can remember telling everybody, oh, school's got to start. But inside you're going, yeah, we're going back to school. It's going to be great. Get to see all my friends. We're going to have fun. Find out what happened over the summer. It was a great time. But, but one of the things, I, I want to I let you in on a secret this morning. If you're still in school, I want to let you in on a secret that, that you need to know. This, this will radically, well, it won't radically, but, but, but if you don't know this, you're going to be glad I told you this morning. I'm going to teach you how to take a test today. Oh, goody. I used to, oh, yay. Especially a lot of you who aren't still in school going, oh, I don't want to know how to take a test. I left that behind. I don't have to do that anymore. But, but here, here's the secret. You don't have to know everything. See, that's what, when I, when I was in school, I, I thought, well, you know, I, how am I going to know all of this stuff in this book? You know, it seemed like the books grew every year. They got bigger and bigger. And I kept thinking, how am I going to know all of this stuff? There's so many facts and dates and all of that. How am I going to know all of this? You don't have to know all of it. You just have to know what your teacher wants you to know. Now, now here's the secret in how to figure that out. I learned this finally uh, after years and years of going to school. Your teacher will help you do that because your teacher will often repeat things. And, and if you hear your teacher repeating something, then it's a good idea to write that one down, to, to put that someplace where before the test you can remind yourself, okay, my teacher said this several times this semester. This, this probably is something that I need to know for the test. And you'll probably be right. Nine times out of ten, if, if your teacher's repeated something several times, that's something that you're going to need to remember, especially if, after having repeated it several times, your teacher says something like, it might be a good idea to remember this. If they say that, be sure you write that one down. Write it down, memorize it, get that one in your mind, because you can be almost certain that that one's going to be on the test come test day. Jesus repeated several of his teachings, but there's one that he repeated over and over and over again, and he repeats again here in the passage that we're going to look at this morning. There's a reason why you need to remember this. Here's what Jesus taught. Verse 44 in John chapter 12. Then Jesus cried out, When a man believes in me, he does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. When he looks at me, he sees the one who sent me. I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. So you might want to remember this. <laughs> if you know Jesus... You know God. Jesus was very clear about something. He said it in many different ways. He used illustrations, he used parables, and he used direct statements. He said this so there would be no misunderstanding. It was the primary reason why the Pharisees and the Sadducees wanted to get rid of him. It caused them to literally rip their robes in distress. Jesus said that he is God. 
We sometimes miss how direct these statements were that Jesus made. Because we don't live in the New Testament culture anymore, but the Pharisees and the Sadducees didn't miss it. They knew exactly what Jesus was saying. Jesus makes a statement here that could not have been misinterpreted. Verse 44, then Jesus cried out, when a man believes in me, he does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. When he looks at me, he sees the one who sent me. Now the scripture here uses the words in this translation, Jesus cried out. He didn't whisper this. He didn't gather everybody in and say, now don't tell anybody this. We don't want anybody to know this, but... Here's, here's the, he, no, he cried out in public so that everyone could hear it. And, and the words that Jesus uses indicates not only is he, he's saying this loudly, but it's said with authority. It is said as you would say something that is very, very important, something that is extremely significant, something like, when we preachers say, if you don't remember anything else I said, remember this. Well, that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, you need to remember this. That's what those words, he cried out, mean. This was important. Jesus wanted his disciples, his followers, everybody in earshot to hear this. Believing in Jesus is believing in God. Seeing Jesus is seeing God. Now, this wasn't the first time Jesus made this statement. In fact, this statement is the core of all His teachings. John 10, verse 28, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of My hand. My Father who has given them to Me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of My Father's hands. I and the Father are one. It was the point of every single miracle Jesus did. Walking on the water, healing the sick, raising the dead. Only God could do those things, which was exactly why Jesus did them. It was why when he was asked to make a lame man to walk, before he healed him, he forgave his sins. And that's what drove the religious leaders crazy. In fact, they all started yelling, no one but God can forgive sins. And so Jesus said, so that you know I'm the one who can forgive sins, rise up and walk. This is the reason why he did the miracles. It was a question that he asked his disciples. Because it was something that they needed to understand. Another good little hint. If your teacher keeps asking you a question about something, she probably wants you to remember that something. <laughs> Jesus asked his disciples, who do other people say that I am? And they said, well, some people say you're John the Baptist. Come back to life. Some people say you're Elijah. Come back to life. Some people say you're another prophet. And then in Mark 8, 29, Jesus said, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, you are the Christ. Now, 
Even Peter wouldn't fully understand exactly what that meant until after the resurrection, but it's pretty clear. You might want to remember this. At first, I didn't really give my social security number much thought. I remember going down to the social security office, and and this was before the days that you got one when you were born. You usually got this before you started your first job, and so I was about to start my first job. And so I went down to the social security office, and, and they gave me this long number and this little blue and white card and, and, and told me to hang on to that. So, I, okay, I did. And they said, now you're going to need this number. And so I, I took my little number and I went down and filled out my application for bus boy. <laughs> so I could earn my $2.65 an hour. But after I filled out my employment application, I pretty much forgot I even had the number. And then I went to college. And at college, they wanted your social security number for everything. It became my student ID number. And you had to give that number for anything you did at school. When you registered for classes, when you needed to get a dorm room, when you wanted to check out a book from the library, when you wanted to eat lunch, you had to have that student ID number. So I I committed it to memory, not because it was my social security number, but because it was my student ID number, and so I I remembered it from that. But then someone invented identity theft. And they they told you, don't give your social security number out to anybody. All that fuss over a nine-digit number. But I bet you remember yours. (laughs) If you don't, one day soon you're going to have to remember it. If nothing else, on April 15th, you're going to have to remember that number. We've learned to remember, and now in our modern society, we've learned to guard those important identifications in life. Just ask anybody who's had to go through identity theft how significant those numbers and identifications can really be. Now, as significant as all those numbers are, folks, there's something that's even more significant for us to remember. Jesus is God. He is Lord. He is Savior. He is Redeemer. There is one day coming when nothing else will matter. And so Jesus told the people of His day, listen up. You're going to want to remember this. Knowing Jesus is knowing God. If we can get that one thing right, then everything else in our life will fall into place. That's how important this is. So the question that Jesus asked His disciples is a question that every single one of us needs to answer. Who is Jesus To you. When when Jesus asked his disciples who he was to them, it it wasn't just a a conversation to kind of pass the time of day. This was the crux of the matter. Everything else hinged on this one truth. And not just for the disciples. 
It does for us too. Now to emphasize how significant this one truth truly is, Jesus used another image that he used very often throughout his ministry to describe this one truth. It's found there in verse 46. Jesus said to his disciples and to all the other ones who were listening that day, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Repeatedly, over and over. This is another one of those teachings that Jesus does over and over again because we need to remember it. Jesus describes himself as the light of the world. It's one of the great I am statements that Jesus makes. It's in John chapter 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. It's not too hard to figure out why Jesus would use light to describe himself. We all understand how important life is, and not just important, it's absolutely necessary. Life can't exist without light. Without light, the plants don't grow. Without the plants, the, the animals don't eat. And if the animals don't eat, neither do we. We can't survive without it. Without light, we can't see the darkness winds. But light dispels the darkness. And Jesus does exactly that with the darkness in our life. When he healed the blind man, Jesus was not simply proving his power to heal a physical illness. That, that certainly was true, but there was much more going on. He was proving his power to make everyone see. And Jesus is definitive here. He says, I have come. And again, in, in verse 46, the way these words are shaped and they're in the original language, they have a, an emphatic voice, a voice of complete authority. It's a voice that says, I and no other, I alone and nobody else, Jesus and Jesus alone provides the light that we need. It all comes back to Jesus' question to his disciples. Who do you say I am? If I gave you a, a piece of paper, oh, two and a half by six inches, that had my picture on it, and my name just below my picture, you, you'd probably be polite and say, oh, thank you. How nice of you to give me a picture of yourself. And then you'd probably file it away in file 13 somewhere down the way. You'd find the nearest trash can and get rid of it. But if I gave you a oh, paper about two and a half by six inches long with a picture of Benjamin Franklin on it, you might get a little more excited. Now, Ben's a handsome fellow, but it's not really the picture that you'd be all that thrilled about. It's what that piece of paper stands for. I don't know anybody 
who's going to throw away a $100 bill. You're going to put that someplace safe. You're going to hang on to it after you make sure it's real. <laughs> and then you're going to take that and you're going to buy yourself something that, that you've been wanting to buy. Now, what's the difference? They're both just pieces of paper. They both have pictures of somebody very handsome on them. But one of them stands for $100 U.S. money. The other is just an odd-looking fellow on a piece of paper. To many people in the New Testament day, Jesus was just another teacher, a provocative thinker, Some of them saw him as a rebel, somebody who needed to be stopped. But some of them saw the truth. They saw Jesus is the light of the world. They saw Jesus is God. Now, Jesus asked us the same question. Who do you say that I am? Not who does the preacher on TV say that I am. Not who does the great theologian say that I am. But who do you say that I am? That's the crux of the matter. Because when we personally recognize who Jesus is, it transforms forms our life. It changes how we respond to everything. Those things that that seemed so important, those problems that seemed so insurmountable, they pale in comparison to the one who is the light of the world. So, So take a moment this morning and ask, who is Jesus To me. Listen again to Jesus' words. Then Jesus cried out. When a man believes in me, he does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. When he looks at me, he sees the one who sent me. I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Who is Jesus? To you. Now, if this morning... You say, well, you know, that's a nice little message, nice little sermon, good little stories. And if you gave me $100, I'd probably take it. But, you know, Jesus is just another of a lot of other good teachers. And there's a lot of people that say a lot of good things. And Jesus said some good things. But, you know, he's just one of many. I want to challenge you to do something this morning. I want to challenge you to take the book of John. Just take it. The Gospel of John, we've been looking at chapter 12. But go back to chapter 1. Just start at chapter 1. And in your mind, keep this statement that Jesus makes. I and the Father are one. I am the light of the world. I've come to the world as a light. All these statements that Jesus made. Keep those in the back of your mind as you start reading what Jesus said. And as you come to those claims that Jesus makes, just just take a piece of paper and write them down. Just, Just write them down. And after you've read through the book of John and you've written down these statements that Jesus has made that relate to this truth that that he is God, I want you to take that piece of paper and just look at it. 
and see if you can still say the same thing. That Jesus was just another teacher who said he was God. That Jesus was just another good philosopher who said that he and he alone is the light of the world. That Jesus was just the same as other religious leaders. He said, I've come that you might have life. I challenge you to do that. If in your mind you're thinking, well, you know, Jesus is just another good religious leader, do that for me. Take some time. It won't take you very long. You can do it in a week. Read through the book of John, write down all the statements that Jesus makes about himself, and then go back and look at that piece of paper. I, I, I want to tell you something that's going to happen if you do that. God's going to change your life. Because you can't look at the statements of Christ and get away from what he said. You'll do one of two things. You'll either say, well, Jesus just was lying. Or you'll say, well, Jesus was just crazy. Or you'll say, wait a minute. Jesus really is who he said he is. He really is God. Challenge you to do that this morning. But I know most of us in this room, you've already done that in, in one way or another. You've come to that point in your life where you've realized that Jesus is God. You followed him as your Lord and Savior. And we praise the Lord for that. We're looking forward to the day that we'll stand in front of Christ in glory and, and, and praise him face to face as Lord and as God. But until that day, there's still some challenges that we face. You know, those of us that know the Lord. We forget sometimes that Jesus is not just Lord of the sweet by and by to come. He's God right now, too. And so I want to challenge you to do something also. I want to challenge you. This is going to sound a little weird, but just give it a try. This week, just, just for this week, every time that you make a decision about anything, it can be a small decision about, you know, what am I going to eat for breakfast this morning? Or maybe you're facing some big decisions this week. Maybe you're thinking about changing jobs or maybe you're thinking about uh, what school's starting, you know, what classes you're going to take. Maybe you're facing some really important decisions this week. But every decision that you make, before you make that decision, I want you to think just a real short three-word sentence. Jesus is God. And let those decisions that you make, from the little ones all the way to the big ones, let those decisions be a time that you remind yourself Jesus is God. Because sometimes we forget that. We forget that, that Jesus is God of that little stuff, too. Just like he's God of the big stuff, he cares about the small decisions that we make as well, the, the little challenges that we face in life the little struggles that we face, that sometimes we think, well, this isn't really worth taking to Jesus. Well, yeah, it is. He's got everything. So, so this week, every time you make a decision, I challenge you to do something. Just before you, you decide what you're going to do, just think to yourself, Jesus is God. Let those decisions of life remind you of what Jesus reminds us over and over and over again. That he and he alone is God. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, so often we know this, but we still forget it. 
And it's not that we want to. It's not that we are intentionally trying to forget that Jesus alone is Lord of all. We don't try to overlook that. And yet, we make a lot of decisions in life where we don't even give that a second thought. And Lord, help us to recognize you are God of everything. And that means you're God of my life. You're God of every life that's here. So remind us this morning that you are God. And Lord, maybe there is someone here that that they've just not seen that yet. And they've been thinking, maybe they heard it on TV or maybe they read it in a magazine article that, you know, Jesus is, is a good teacher, but you know, they, they've decided that you're just like a lot of other good teachers. Lord, I pray that you would help them to take that challenge, to, to read your word and see what you actually said. I pray you'd help them to, to just take that step this week, to read the book of John. Lord, for those of us that already know you, God, help us to realize you are Lord of all. Help us make you Lord of all in our life. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.